वन इज की पुलिस का काम है पकड़ के पीटना एंड सेकेंड इज पुलिस हमेशा लेट ही आएगी एंड थर्ड इज की पुलिस किसी काम की नहीं है पुलिस एज अ डिपार्टमेंट इज प्रिटी न्यू टू मी आई हैवन बीन टू अ पुलिस स्टेशन वंस इन माई एंटायर लाइफ planning to but I haven't done that before yet and and I'm I'm pretty unaware of the entire thing so uh, the only exposure that I uh, I have uh, of the police is is what I've gotten through the cinemas and movies and everything so that's that's the only thing that I am aware of so I was very uh, excited to have this podcast with you and and thank you so much for being on this podcast and yeah so um please yeah, meet anupriya thank you for inviting me wait uh, please please meet uh, anupriya uh, she is my co-host and uh, anupriya why don't you introduce yourself hi uh, so i'm anupriya i studied psychology and political science i currently work in uh, research in conflict and psychology so this is especially interesting to me because uh, obviously you're pretty much at the forefront of so much of this theoretical work that we constantly think about I'm also an artist uh, so I'm a musician and a DJ um and I really love to women from different walks of life and especially uh, women who are doing something that stereotypically women aren't considered good enough to do or bold enough to do so I'm so excited to speak to you today same yeah same yeah. it's really nice to speak to people who are doing really diverse things in life you know otherwise I've come from surroundings where people are just very mainstream that engineering medical and that's all nothing much more to life yeah but you clearly taken a very uh, you've taken a so called mainstream path and you've made it so fascinating for us so that's why like <laughs> yeah more different than other uh, maybe videos or sh- podcasts that you've done where probably the questions always acha apne crack kaise kiya exam tips dijiye cuz they're not going to ask you about any tips here they're going to focus ha exactly it's all just about preparation yeah no this is a lot more about your process your experiences and those kind of things great uh, so uh, let me make a quick uh, introduction of uh, riti so she is a government server uh, servant and um, uh, she is from uh, the 2018 batch of ips and she is an assault commander and um, and and she is serving uh, at telangana right if, I, if i'm not wrong so um, by the way uh, i have uh, i'm not sure what assault commander uh, is and what what the job is so what do you think it is see actually so in telangana cadre uh, all the ips officers who are recruited they are initially given a mandatory posting into the greyhounds now greyhounds is the anti naxal force of telangana and andhra so it originated in undivided andhra to deal with the naxal issue so that's what the greyhounds is and once we joined so in september 2019 we completed our training at the sardar vallabhbhai patel national police academy and after that we after that we started training under greyhounds and after the uh, training was done then we went on for operation duties and the uh, say the post where we are recruited into the greyhounds is called assault commander so as in like a basic job is to just you know go along with the active units which are there on the ground and to patrol the areas and combing operations are there so whatever the you must have heard of uh, guerrilla warfare and and anti guerrilla warfare right so that's what they train us in so that once we are districts uh, once we are in our districts as sps 
and then we have uh, information with regards to an axial issue or something that we know how to deal with it and we know how to coordinate with the active teams which are there on the ground what are the problems they face when they go into the jungles and how to supervise and monitor their movements how to make the most of their movement and of our manpower and resources so that's the uh, thing that we do so um of course when you're in this job there's so much information that you're exposed to that can be very triggering that can be very uh, gory so what is it mm-hmm. like for you emotionally to process all of this information and do you ever you know do you ever get nightmares about some of these issues and even when you're just out with your friends or family do you, is is there like a looming sense of doom or emergency somewhere nahi nahi see not really so you know the that's why the training at npa it's very very rigorous and grueling because their job is to make us as mentally strong as possible right so for example we do a lot of physically difficult stuff during the training and all that physical stuff is not to make us strong physically not to you know build up muscles and body and all nothing at all because every physical act that you do it depends on how strong you are mentally whether you think you can run a 16 km run or not does not depend on how strong you are it depends on how strong you are here so throughout the training they make us mentally very strong and another thing is that you know we start uh, you know diso- uh, disassociating ourselves from these value judgments of good or bad right and wrong because through our training we get exposed to so many different situations that we start thinking it's all about time right you can't really pick up and say this is right this is wrong this is good this is bad and if i start going into that value judgment if i start attaching my emotions to the job that i'm doing i'll become very incapable and inefficient and that will be wrong on my part because if i have been recruited into the service it's my duty to do justice to it and i can do justice to it only if i'm impartial and i see my job i won't start going on that tangent ki acha oh my god this is so gory what the family must be thinking they must be thinking if it's a rape case then you know it is so wrong it's bad because the moment i start going into that field i will not be doing the job that i am supposed to do my job is to do complete the investigation catch the accused and bring them to justice that's what i'm supposed to do so it does take a lot of effort because initially you do remain disturbed because it's not easy right we were also like before joining the service we were also very common people and there used to be outbursts and all that but after coming here i realized that no if you have to get something done you have to set your mind straight and you have to separate your emotions from your profession i think uh, uh, the part uh, where you said that um, you uh, whether you would run for 16 kilometers or not a lot of it also depends on how uh, whether you are mentally prepared to do that i think i can uh, totally relate to that um, uh, that brings me to the uh, question of um, what the uh, entire process looks like and uh, could you please give me a bird's eye view on the uh, the profession and and how your normal day or week uh, looks like uh, do you want to know about the profession or the training uh, or the like... profession Pro- profession okay see so the profession Uh, see for example if i'll tell you a little bit in detail the in the police in india recruitment is done at four levels okay constables sis dsps and ips officers so my job as an ips officer is not that much of a policeman as it is of a manager my job is to manage the manpower and the resources that we have at hand to ensure that policing is done efficiently right for example if i'm the asp dsp or if i am the sp of a district my job is to ensure that all the police stations however you know thinly resourced they are they should be able to do their jobs well 
the petitioners are coming they should be given a good hearing the fir's should be registered on time the warrants must be executed the investigation must keep going on the documentation must be done properly if somebody is out on bail then there should be a continuous check on them there are and so my job is just to ensure ki all these things are being done properly so like you know there's something called law and order issues in policing then there's traditional policing and then there's preventive policing so law and order mostly includes bandobas and ensures ki as an sp of a district you should know what is going on in the district you should have information about all the stakeholders so that you know if anything wrong happens suppose you know ki ha there is some land dispute going on somewhere and it's been brimming over you know for the last 2 3 years and now the participants are getting a little agitated so that might result into a further law and order issue my job is to nip it in the bud to ensure ki i figure out some solution counsel the parties or negotiate with them try to you know bring some solution to their issues so that they don't take law into their own hands so law and order means that knowing everything there is about your district that's why they have a lot of informers we have a whole network of people who keep telling us so that before something happens we should know otherwise it's no use right if it's already happened it's no use knowing about it later next is traditional policing traditional policing deals with how you deal with the conventional crimes suppose the crime has happened then you have to investigate it do the documentation submit the charge sheets to the court on time and you know try to get the accused gathering all the evidence and everything that's traditional policing now third is preventive policing preventive so mostly in states you know in the south indian states for example telangana the crime rate crime rate has decreased and we have shifted on to preventive policing as in there is very you know there is a very rigorous force on patrolling so that the areas have been uh, uh, areas have been decreased a lot because after bifurcation telangana had around 5 districts a uh, 10 districts now it has 33 so okay. they are dividing the state uh, the districts smaller and smaller so that patrolling is very efficient so that you know people can see ha uh, the police is everywhere so that even if somebody has something in mind they don't really you know try to do something so and increasing cctv cameras vigilance so that we have an eye on everything so these three are there law and order traditional policing and preventive policing now as an ips officer my job is to monitor all these three i have to ensure my resources are divided equally between all these three if not equally then according to the circumstances for example i know that a religious function is going to happen there is some festival maybe there is a clash of you know festivals of two different communities so i'll be on tenter hooks my focus will not be traditional policing or preventive policing my focus will only be law and order i'll ensure ki ha i have talked to all the community elders i have taken them on my side and convinced them you know no matter what issue you have don't take law into your hands come to me directly you do a lot of counseling and negotiation so as an sp like as an ips your profession is that you have to manage all these three different departments like you said uh, you do a lot of counseling i think uh... the pers- perception that i am coming from is that uh, if i bring an issue to a police officer there's not a lot of chance of it getting uh, getting enough uh, attention or or it getting any uh, notice so that's where i am coming from uh, what what i'm very sure of is that you all must be aware of that um, um my question is how do you build that trust uh in 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 the citizens and ensure that if there's any uh issue that they have or or um if 
if they notice that any crime is going to happen then they uh, inform that to you and and then you can act upon it so how do you do the uh, trust building part see trust building is all about you know trying and trying and trying you can't do it in a day you have to keep trying you have to make yourself very approachable for example just one simple thing you have to keep your phone by your side all the time for example during my district training my phone used to ring at 3 o'clock in the morning 4 o'clock in the morning sometimes i would talk at night and forget all about it in the morning because i would just be so exhausted it was almost like that so it's just that you have to tell people that yes you're accessible and you do that by you know you can't do it as i said you can't do it in a day for example every day there will be a few people coming into you now if you start listening to them if you start guiding them ki ha because sometimes they'll have a problem but they won't know what to do about it they don't know if they really want to file a case because sometimes even if they want to file a case they don't know how long the process is going to be is it going to justify is it going to satisfy them or not so sometimes you have to guide them now if you do it you know for a week or two then those people they take back this image of yours ki acha madam sun rahi hai ya saab sun rahe hain hai na aur sun ke wo batayenge now it spreads by word of mouth theek hai even uh, people in your station all your subordinates they will spread this ki ha bhai agar genuine problem hai to saab sun rahe hain madam sun rahi hai to it just spreads you know it takes time you need a lot of patience to do it for example in my 3 months 1 month people were a little aloof because they didn't know what kind of a person i was what kind of an officer i'll be whether i'll you know pay them a lot of attention whether i'll be willing to go out of my way to help them they didn't know that so you have to give hearing to all the people who come to you and just trust and it just automatically you know it spreads amongst the people great I, I, what i am seeing is that it's coming from the top uh, so is there any system or uh, if you start doing it as an ips officer all your subordinates for example all your acps dcps uh, yeah dsps and even your sis down to your constable level if they start seeing that you know you're doing this somehow it will take time definitely but somehow or the other they will also start taking the same approach mm-hmm. right okay. they will get a little you have to lead by example you can't you know ki nahi mera to 1 baje ka lunch ho gaya main ja raha hu aap log dekh lena to wo bhi nahi dekhenge right they don't have any incentive if the leader itself is not doing something they won't do anything right so right. i have to set an example so the way i start listening to all the people i tell my people as well and i keep a check you know i would always keep i al- always ask the sis ki ha how many cases did you deal with today what happened where and what is the current situation going on did you follow it up did you talk to the parties later what happened what condition they are in so i'll keep a check on it it's not possible to keep a check on all the cases but you do it randomly so they know ki ha mera number kabhi bhi aa jayega i should know what's going on with my case you mentioned all these um, psychological skills right like counseling and negotiation and that oh, is something yes. that we study so um, i want to know when you were training first of all how were you uh, trained exactly in counseling and negotiation because i'm interested in the the way that such education is disseminated in the services one and mm-hmm. two you know being a woman in ips some some people have negative stereotypes ki aurat kaise karegi but when you mention these skills like counseling which requires so much empathy and all these things you mentioned which are basically listening and empathy there's It's another stereotype that counselor teacher to hamesha aurat hoti hai wahi acche se wo dil laga ke sunengi and you know so what is the gender stereotype and what was the education like in these skills see for example in npa we were taught about the importance of listening okay 
and they just told us ki the most important job you have to do as an officer is to listen you have to listen to your subordinates you have to listen to the petitioners coming in you have to listen to your seniors and your political bosses you have to keep your eyes and ears open all the time all the time because see even when you are counseling na the most important part of counseling is to let the other person speak once they are able to vent out once they are able to give everything out only then will you be will you be able to you know reach out to them because they have it you know ekdam aise pakad ke rakhte hain once they have let it all out only then whatever you are saying will make sense to them once they are not that angry anymore once they are you know a little calm so in npa we used to be taught about this that you know how important listening is and they would carry out practical exercises ki ha how much did you actually listen and did you understand this or not these were the few, uh, you know finer nuances reading between the lines and all of that and the seniors at our academy they would always you know keep telling their examples how they would deal with you know petitioners if they are coming in now see sometimes the things are like in policing it's that the law tells us that we have to deal only with the criminal issues right now there are a whole lot of civil issues which are actually a bigger source of problem for the people than the criminal issue now in policing if people come to me and they cite a civil issue i am at full liberty to say ki sir ye aapka civil matter hai aapko civil court jana padega i can't do anything about it my hands are tied now this depends on the officer right now the officers that i learned from they always told me ki theek hai riti you might not be able to do something directly because the law forbids you to but you can talk to people in other departments and you can you know contact your friends here and there and try to get something done now see this will depend on officer to officer every officer might not be into counseling as much as i might be because my ideas are different you know even though they train us you have that individuality within you and that sense of identity so you will end up doing things your way so for example if i can compare with my uh, batchmates all of us were not into counseling but ha uh, like i was because uh, another reason why because my area the area where i was in there was a lot of domestic violence issues lot of drinking issues elopement cases now those are not cases where a criminal proceeding is actually going to help in the long run it just won't because i've seen it i've tried it it doesn't help so i have to you know keep listening to the people and keep talking to them and because i saw that it actually helped them so that's why you know it depends on a lot of variables how these yeah. counselings can happen yeah. the, uh, this takes me to my next question actually i hope you don't mind ruthvij no, no. uh, yeah yeah Um, which is about crimes against women you know uh, when it comes to domestic violence sexual abuse and especially intimate partner violence um mm. that you just mentioned that your district had a lot of such cases and mm. when you said that there's a sense of like lack of trust like if i go out at night and as a mm. dg we have some trainings about nightlife and women's safety i've gone through, through those workshops of women dj's it's very clear like if i have to if something happens will i go to the police they will like tum raat ko jaati ho tum chote kapde pehenti ho tum tumhara profession aisa hai etc you know that's an occupational hazard but the lack of trust that sometimes women have when they go through violence especially sexual violence huh. uh, how do you tackle that that and gain trust there see uh, like i told you so for example those cases would come to me and they were clear cases of domestic violence you know i could see ki ha they've been beaten up and like for a moment i would be in rage but i would always know ki my rage is of no use at all here i have to do what i should do so i would talk to them and ask them and you know 97% of the cases they would tell me ki madam mere ko fir nahi karna main kahin ja nahi sakti mere ko isi mard ke sath rehna hai to aap kuch inko samjha dijiye kuch kijiye 
Now, in that case, if I end up filing an FIR, I would not be doing justice to that lady because she would unnecessarily be dragged into the entire court proceedings without help from her maternal family, in-laws' family, and her husband. She would just be left alone, and that, according to me, is doing something very bad, right? So, I would try my best to counsel the guy. You know, maybe a little bit of threatening. That next time, kya to find over, kar denge ya case register, kar denge, kuch kar denge. Tumhare employment pe asar aega. Anything, saying anything which will prevent him from acting out like that. And then I would impose systems. You know, like my patrolling parties would be very efficient. So I would keep a track of all these households. And I daily inko patrolling pe bejhti thi. Kya inke ab ghar pe jaoge ek baar raat mein inko bahar bula ke ek baar baat karoge ki aaj kaisa tha, thik tha, nahi tha, kya problem tha. In morning mein inko report karoge. So, is there a say for some time it decreased, hai na? See, now that I am out of that place, now I don't know how it must be happening because every senior that goes, they bring in their own things. Now, if I am given a particular place for a longer period or period of time, I'll be able to institutionalize something. That is the objective with which you know any IPS officer goes. Ki wherever we go, we should be able to develop systems which will survive even if we are gone. Something good. So, but because my tenure was only for three months, and that too Corona hit at that time, I couldn't get time to build that up properly. But Han, that's my objective for wherever I go next. So, when you said sustainability of the system, that is so true. Even in development practice, it's like if there's funding for two, three years or so and so billion dollars, you want to make sure that there is an exit strategy that it yeah. stays on. So, when you have the next officer taking over, do you have a conversation with them? Do you tell them, "Oh, these are the systems yeah, I have completely, hmm. and these are the major issues here"? And how receptive are they to that? The handover. See, I mean, it depends from person to person, right? For example, if you even consider a company, if a manager is going out, another one is coming in. It depends on what kind of a person he is. Maybe he'll be like, "Nahi, nahi, purana jo ho gaya, main apna kuch karna chahta hu," right? Because mere ko apna naam karna hai. Another person might be that whatever has happened till now, I should be able to support it, and uske upper me apne kuch tweaks kar sakta. It depends on the person, right? So officers are also like that. At the end of the day, they are people. So it depends on what kind of person they are. And we have a very proper system, you know, like we keep all data, records, and accounts. And when we are handing over the charge, there is a thorough detailing done. Yeah, this is the situation in the district right now. These are the problems in particular subdivisions. This is what is happening. This is the current scenario. This is how I have dealt with it, and these are the pros and cons I have suffered because of it. These are the ways I did not deal with it because these were the problems. So now it's up to you what you decide. Hey na, like that you explain and you give the charge up. And similarly, when you are also going to the next area, you take all these, you know, all this briefing. From the person who is leaving that station. Um, I also wanted to, you know, uh, get um, an insider's view of what happens on a case. So, uh, if you are comfortable, could you walk us through uh, one of the toughest cases, uh, one of the toughest cases that you have had, and uh, did you feel uncomfortable or vulnerable, and how did you go about solving that? See, we hardly ever feel vulnerable in a case because. I mean, it's also because I haven't had that much of an experience. Maybe ten years down the line, I might be dealing with some issue which would make me vulnerable or un- uncomfortable. That hasn't happened till yet. But uh, the dif- the most difficult case I dealt with was the case of an elopement. Okay, so the thing is, ki uh, there is an age limit, right? Uh, for example, if you've heard of the Poxo case law, Poxo law, it says that intercourse with somebody below eighteen is a crime. Consent doesn't matter, right? 
now the problem would be that there would be elopement cases the boy and the girl with consensually they would elope because they would want to get married now if the girl is below 18 the girl's family would put a poxo case on the guy a kidnapping case and a poxo case and poxo cases are very 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 severe they are taken very seriously right because the aim of the law was to punish people who are doing this without the consent hai na now the law has set it ki below 18 consent doesn't matter but uh, generally in these cases the girls would give their consent and it, it was always you know mutually done now this case was where a girl from a very reputed family she left off with another guy who was not from a very good family and obviously their parents were very much against each other and they left off without a trace like completely without a trace no phone no call nothing at all no cctv we could not catch them on any cctv and they were gone for almost a month now the problem was there was only as much as i there was only so much i could do because corona hit it at that time we were completely busy in bandobast you know and corona had it's entirely different sort of policing so we had to manage that and there was this case the problem was the parents of both the guy and the girl they would keep coming every day with this hope in their eyes you know aaj mil jayenge aaj mil jayenge now how, what do you tell them you can there's nothing that you will say that was that's going to comfort them so in telangana the good part is ki we use a lot of technology and they are actually very good at it all the different departments so we tried a lot we tried to you know keep a track of all their uh whatever phone numbers that which were available to us if they got into contact with any of their neighbors tracing back that call or any internet activity any facebook login or any social media login we would keep a track just so that we could know because the girl was below 18 it was a very serious case so ultimately nothing happened suddenly one day they called up back at their house and that's how we were able to trace them and it almost took a month for them to call back because they had run out of money and they were stuck in corona they had nowhere else to go so then they came in now once they came in again i had to counsel them for almost around 5 hours there was this huge line of petitioners waiting outside my office but because this was a very serious case i had to counsel them because both of them were like come suicide kar lenge hame saath mein rehna hai now you know like it's almost like you have to talk in terms which they are going to understand and they are like what 17 18 years old you know very high on emotions and not caring about the world not being able to see the larger picture so dealing with them for the next 5 hours and again you know following it up after a week and two weeks that really took a toll on my energy wow. oh my god how old were they uh, were they 17 17 so the guy what... was 19 and the girl was 17 oh my god um so when you had them in and for 5 hours you had to speak to them Hmm. that is okay handling that suicide threat like that being a big thing then uh, how how many months from that time was the girl going to turn 18 do you did you know um, nee to she was 17 only like it was hardly another 6 months okay and uh, for example i mean if these people are like so stuck to the bone and they're going to be running away together i'm i'm sure they're also probably engaging in sexual activity so yeah, exactly not- exactly now that becomes a problem you know because if the girl is below 18 the girl doesn't have to face any issue but the boy's life is destroyed it's completely destroyed poxo cases are very seriously taken the police can't does not have any discretion the judiciary does not have any discretion it doesn't matter that the girl gave her consent so the boy's life actually turns out you know it's it's very difficult to deal with them 
this sounds like a community mediation case and mediation is something i am very passionate about studying that's what i'm doing research in and uh, i'm applying to graduate schools to become a professional mediator oh that's really so nice this is exactly the kind of thing i see myself trying to resolve because there's multi so many parties mummy but ladki ke mummy papa ladke ke both of them so when i asked about sex like yes one is the posco side another was like you know is she aware of safe sex practices about pregnancy and those exactly, kind of things exactly and that's like not, one way just not okay so how, how did you finally get to resolve this and did you have to take the help of i mean our mental health professionals ever consulted in such a situation because you're doing all the counseling does the state see no. the relevance of community counselor in such a case honey so see in telangana like it depends state wise you know because police is a state subject so in telangana they have this very good system of she teams and bharosa center now bharosa center they have a you know a, almost a group of 15 to 20 psychologists proper psychologists therapists psychiatrists and all the domestic issue cases because it's the supreme key, uh, supreme court guidelines also that you don't register an fir in a domestic issue case unless at least once or twice mediation or counseling is done so they we all try and even because the women keep saying that we don't want to register a case we don't want but something has to be done and we can't counsel each and every case that's coming so we send all of that to bharosa centers now they go there they have uh, almost like you know therapy sessions like marital counseling sessions and entire records are kept and they uh, they keep a record of how whether the couple is progressing not progressing and whether you know ultimately a criminal case has to be filed or not so that is something very good that's happening in telangana it started some time back and now they are opening more and more centers so that it will be more accessible to people all across the state wow that is so good to know because public mental yeah. health is something that's being taken up because how much can a police officer or an ips officer do that's beyond their realm sometimes and it's so great that you go exactly. out of your your values and your mm-hmm. system of uh, your ideology allows you to go that far but not everybody's would and the sustainable part would yeah. be to actually have a have a system that uh, I have a specialized center which would actually deal with this on a regular basis exactly so what what did you fi- what finally happened after that five hours of counseling how did you deescalate and have all the family say it and and that to at that time i could understand ki the boy is actually you know obsessive you know like he was not exactly in love or whatever because at that age i mean you know it's not even it's just an idea they don't really understand what it is he was more of obsessive you know i need her otherwise i'll kill myself and she'll also die his point was not just that ki i'll die he was like ki mere bina wo nahi reh sakti wo bhi mar jayegi and when i talked to the girl alone after an hour she was like ki you know mere ko apni chinta nahi hai but mere ko uski chinta hai wo mera bina reh nahi payega main to theek hai main koi baat nahi i mean whole lot of uh, a lot of nuisance actually but kind of entertainment it turned out to be a good story i could tell on the dinner table ah wow so like i literally had to separate them you know they were holding hand and i was like listen i want to talk to you separately first the girl then the guy and then ultimately i told them i used all sorts of emotional blackmail you know what will happen to your parents this and that and i actually talked to the girl about you know whether it's safe or not and when i talked to her she was like ki mere friends ne bola agar ek bar bachcha ho jayega to parents maan jayenge and it's like uh wait a minute hold on uh do you know what it means do you know what it means biologically what it could do to your body what are the risks involved and she was like ki nahi mere ko nahi pata and i said you know go back today google it Study it. Come back to me tomorrow, and then I'll have a talk to you about it. 
Wow. They have all these sorts of ideas. They don't have anybody to tell them, right? We don't uh, have sex education in schools. It's almost a taboo to talk about it. So they don't know where to talk about it, right? And they rely only on what their friends are telling them. And those friends are as bad as they themselves. So they don't know. Yeah, this sounds like a Gumra episode. This really dark show where they used to show such stories of, you know, teenagers and young people getting to drugs or really toxic relationships yeah. and how it would ruin their lives. But uh, wow. continue, they don't really have something like, you know, a career counseling, which like something that will be able to drive them, show them that they can build a future of them, of themselves, by themselves, for themselves. They don't have this idea, you know, I can become financially independent. I can do something. I can grow. I can have ambitions and dreams. There's nothing like that going on. You know, schools, mostly we have like, you know, that's all. And that too in the good schools, in the not so good schools, even that is not done properly. So it's very rare that people are driven because generally you'll see, you know, people who are driven will fall into these emotional troubles far less because they'll be very clear sighted. I have to build a career for myself and then, you know, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And especially for women, it's very important for the girls. They have to have to be financially independent first and then think about something else. Otherwise, you know, you'll forever be asking for money and that decreases your agency like nothing else. I absolutely agree. That is so true. And uh, you mentioned this girl is from a very well-to-do family, right? And yet uh, from like a community perspective, what well-to-do means, those values may not actually trickle down into progressive education or progressive ideas of what women should be doing. It At it means that you have a and we decide. But of course, not a career or agency. Wow. Thank you for that uh, very, very telling tale. And uh, especially your role in, um, in in this whole scenario is fascinating. So uh, I, mean, I had to try. The girl's mother, she was miserable. She was really miserable. It, it's very difficult to see the parents like that, you know. Because after, no matter how bad they are, they have raised you. The least you can do is, you know, at least be with them. Do what you want to do, but don't leave. Don't leave. That, yeah. That's all that I had in my head. I agree. Absolutely. So our uh, next question was, let's say you, you see this young boy who's absolutely obsessive or you see someone who's actually done a crime. Um, and sometimes, Ritwij and I were discussing, crimes can sometimes be a little innocent. Like, you know, if you really don't have money and you have to pocket someone and uske tumne liye, usko itna farak nahi but tumhare ghar mein bahut farak so some crimes are innocent versus some criminals can actually be evil or like really be on like a long-term path of like strategic destruction. So uh, do you, what scope do you see for rehabilitative or restorative justice in our system? And is the are the authorities looking at cases contextually enough? I guess I'm sure you are. But in the system, is there any evaluation for like, okay, this is their context. This passes off as a crime, but not such a severe one. We can let this go this time. And, and this person needs counseling. Does the empathy ever extend to criminals as well in different cases? See, rehabilitation comes at a stage once the police work is done. Right? Rehabilitation comes when, you know, it, the matter is in the hands of the court and the prison. Generally, you will see once the people go to prison, then the rehabilitation process starts happening. Because, you know, there they'll segregate that these are people who did crimes of, you know, maybe passion or maybe circumstances. Not really those who actually wanted to, that cold-blooded murder, something like that. 
so especially telangana prisons they have a whole lot of uh, community run programs you know there'll be teachers coming from outside and teaching them different courses there are a lot of facilities available but uh, i'll go back to that part where you said you know uh, if a person has stolen four hand petty crimes right now those petty crimes in my personal opinion those crimes should not even reach the court stage right at the police station level only you should be able to deal with it you know maybe uh, give warnings to the person threaten the person and you know try keep an eye on them so that they don't do it again or maybe ask them ki what is their you know problem what do they want what do they need so generally you'll see you know police stations have always have a very good licensing with the ngos around so generally if we come across these people who maybe need a vocational course maybe need some sort of livelihood or something and if the ngos are ready to help them we just we become the middleman we put them in contact with each other and because we can't really demand the ngos you know ki nahi aap isko le lo we all we can tell is ki ask them kya agar iska kuch kar sakte ho to kar lo you know you'll be doing something good for the people and they also it becomes a thing of advertisement for them also ki ha you know we help these many people resettle we help so that they are also able to get fundings so we always have this so we keep a point you know that because it doesn't make sense to register an fir for petty crimes because fir seems like you know ki nahi har case mein hona chahiye it sets the criminal law in motion and everything but you have to understand once it's set in motion the both the parties will be involved in it for a very very long time and it's financially very draining justice in india is not cheap it's very very expensive so you have to make sure ki you're doing it only where the parties can actually you know bear it otherwise if there are heinous crimes then there's no discretion not at all if it's a cognizable offense you don't have a discretion but for all the non cognizable offenses and where you know you think is something can be done even if you end up registering an fir in a cognizable offense and you know ki it was you know mistake matlab it can be pardoned so maybe you can file a final report and get the matter out of the court mm-hmm. now if you do this night also helps you build trust and you can develop those people as your informers also because they'll know ki ha the police people helped me when i needed them meri galti thi but still unhone mereko bacha liya so now you will develop a good source now if anything wrong is happening in the community that person will always inform you madam ye yahan pe hone wala hai ye yahan pe kuch ho raha hai aise ho raha hai waise ho raha hai so that's how you deal with them and especially for example there are you know sometimes in heinous cases for example rape or domestic abuses domestic violence there'll be in the accused names you will find names of even kids of the other family now they are not at fault right i mean kisi bacche ka 10th hai kisi bacche ka 12th hai koi 7th standard mein 6th standard mein how are they going to torture somebody i mean i don't get it so you try to get those names out you don't let them fall into this uh mm-hmm. the entire litigation process mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry uh, i think i deviated a little bit from okay. the question that you originally uh, asked uh, the scope for rehabilitative justice i think you're somewhat right that you try your best that not everything goes into an fir that's kind huh. of can be resolved early on huh. because uh, rehabilitation as an institutionalized process can be done only at the prison levels which yes. is being done in telangana i'm not very sure of the other states okay you mentioned uh, the term political bosses a few times and uh, and, and just you you mentioned like political something so i wanted to yeah, ask yeah, political bosses yeah so i wanted to ask um, how, how do you sometimes come to decisions where there may be political interests on one hand and what's really the case and what what's true and fair on the other 
and mm. have you felt any bias from uh, because you've been in this term hence for this ruling party and do you foresee any biases or interest seeping through in the future with other ruling parties see i'll be better able to answer that question maybe 5 years down the line because till now i haven't had that much of an exposure right i haven't been on field for that long but i'll tell you two things one is what i've learned from my seniors compromise where you can and second be ready for the consequences now if you keep these two things you know for example if it's a petty issue for example ek accident ka case hua hai one party really wants to register the fir ki nahi mere ko fir karna hai bande ko court mein le jana hai mera fracture hua hai now the for example you know some political boss might tell on behalf of the other party ki yaar paise waise leke matter khatam karo bande ko hospital le jayenge treatment kara denge sab kara denge fir nahi chahiye now isme this person wants the fir because he wants to settle the score एंड नो दिस पर्सन इज रेडी की भाई गलती हो गई है मैं हॉस्पिटल का खर्चा भर दूंगा कार रिपेयर करा दूंगा सब करा दूंगा मेरे को एफ आई आर में मत कराओ नाउ आई डोंट सी पर्सनली एनी प्रॉब्लम इन नॉट रजिस्टरिंग एन एफ आई आर ठीक है डेफिनेटली इट्स यू नो इफ इट्स ए कॉग्निजेबल केस यू हैव टू रजिस्टर दिस एंड दैट बट यू हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड की यू नो इफ यू कैन कॉम्प्रोमाइज हियर तो क्या होगा कि उनके दिमाग में भी आ जाए कि हाँ ऑफिसर को मैंने बोला था उसने मेरी सुन ली नाउ नेक्स्ट टाइम देर इज अ लॉ एंड ऑर्डर प्रॉब्लम यू नीड हिम to you know tell the people to stay calm to keep quiet and everything so then you can tell him ki sir dekhiye ek bar aap logo se baat kar lijiye to log shant ho jayenge log maan jayenge because you need the influential people and political people are the most influential so that is how you you know maintain a balance and in case the second thing i said you should be ready for the consequences for example it's a very serious case and you're being pressurized ki nahi fir nahi file honi chahiye then if your morals don't Guy, don't go for that decision. Then do what you're supposed to do. File the FIR, but then be ready. And you might be transferred. You might be shunted off to some side post. Just be ready for that. And the only thing is, don't take it on your heart, because you know ups and downs keep happening in the service. And because you have to understand, you know that even those political bosses, they also have uh, their क्या बोलते हैं मजबूरी होती है उनकी भी, you know. Uh, because they are representatives of the people kuch issue hoga people will jump to their houses ki aapke rehte aise kaise ho gaya ye ho gaya wo ho gaya aap kuch nahi kar pa rahe this and that now they will give you a call at that time generally what happens is their phones are always on speaker so if you speak back it will reflect very bad on them because all their people are also listening to it right so that's why we are always told you know be very polite on phone calls theek hai don't promise anything but at least be polite listen to them and tell them ki ha sir aap bhej dijiye main dekhti hu kya possible hai i'll try my best that's it because they also don't want to force you into a corner they know ki ha ye jo log bol rahe hain utna justified nahi hai but ye unka kaam hai ki wo tum tak communicate kare right and many people think ki ye political bosses unko kuch samajh nahi aata koi educational qualification nahi hai believe me educational qualification is not the end of it they deal with hundreds and thousands of people on a daily basis they are much more wiser much more intellectual than you can ever imagine mm-hmm. they understand people they understand human behavior and that according to me is the biggest knowledge that you need so yeah. you have to be very very respectful to them it's it's Don't a so compromise where you can't yeah the intuitive intelligence of like you know persuasion if they they're able to get all these words they know how to they have a certain strategy and intuition ha huh. that your like four mbas couldn't probably buy there's a there's a process behind it so fascinating yeah you mentioned this compromise and being ready for uh, the consequences 
so um, sometimes the consequences could be gory right like sometimes politics can be very very rogue sometimes yeah. it can be so top down and uh, the morals that you mentioned that you know um, there are cases where children of politicians do some really morbid things in their power high or you know there's a jessica case or there's so many cases of shootings and accidents hmm. uh, and i'm sure maybe you won't be one of those people who let this go your morals are pretty strong and till now thankfully you may have not encountered it but maybe one day you will so uh, so that's a very big responsibility to shoulder that's a very big awareness to have ki i know mere morals kya hai i'm not the kind who can easily bought off and jab samay aayega tab maybe this can blow up this can become a huge deal this can be a make or break in my own career in so many ways so mm-hmm. that's a very uh, that's a very big piece of maybe see, it's as big as you make it right if you don't hype it in your head it won't be that big right wow. you just tell yourself ki theek hai Have so much motivation for us on a Friday morning. No, 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 not motivation. It's out of laziness. Okay, I'm essentially a very lazy person. So all that you were saying, na, he, it's a very great responsibility. This yeah. and that. I'll have to think a lot if I go down that line. Yeah. I don't want to waste my energy down there. I would rather prefer sleeping. Ooh. So I would just not make that big a deal about it. And also because you know we have our batchmates always. You have your support system. If you have to end up dealing with those consequences, you're not alone. right so you have to count on your support system and fortunately i've been very very lucky with that till now so that's why it won't be so bad i mean no matter how bad it is you will survive like that so uh, i would like to know how you uh, make tough decisions where both the options that you have are not good uh, probably mm-hmm. bad um do you have to uh, sometimes cross moral boundaries or or uh might not do uh, might not have to do the right thing to uh, prioritize the greater good how do you think about see i'll tell situation? you one thing uh, ethical dilemma is when you have to choose between two uh, wrongs right otherwise it's not a dilemma you know both the things are wrong but you still have to choose one now in those situations it generally becomes stressful because you just don't have the time to think through so much you will act on your instinct and that's where your real character will show and ah because you're under a lot of stress you have to you don't have time you have to take decision right now and you know implement it mm-hmm. so you don't really get to think a lot so you just have a few foundation principles in your head like for example mine is compromise where you can and be ready for the consequences now i don't have to think more than that as i initially said keep for me there's nothing like right or wrong good or bad i have you know there's this one book that i read and it really changed how i perceive things so i don't go into the entire value judgment can i will just be like sorry can you mention the name of that book uh, difficulty of being good by kurcharan das okay. okay it's very 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 good it was almost life changing so you know as you said ki once you are faced with these decisions you do something which is very basic to your character you can't go into entire thinking ki acha ye karne se ye hoga ye karne se ye hoga you can you just don't have the time so even if you are sacrificing your you know maybe moral values it's because deep down you probably don't believe them you were having them only so that you know you could have a social standing if you're okay. sacrificing something it means you didn't really believe in that Fair. and whatever Great. you choose at that time is actually what you're made up of and uh, and um, like you said uh, there are um, uh, 
advices that you get from your senior officers so uh, i am sure you must also be having a bunch of opinions of your own that might not be the popular opinion so do you have any unpopular opinions uh, that other people in the industry might not have actually ever since my college only i have been told that i make very unpopular decisions and i've always been somehow very proud of it <laughs> because i don't back down if something needs to be done it needs to be done so you know there's this thing ki suno sabki karo apni you should be respectful to your elders you should listen to what they have to say because they are also talking from experience but you do what you feel is right because if your heart is not in it mm-hmm. it doesn't really give you results do you have any um, common myths about um, police policing system or uh, uh, not you other people uh, people out of uh, the system do you think uh, people generally have any myths around the system uh, which are not true ha when is ki police ka kaam hai pakad ke peetna and second is uh, police hamesha late hi aayegi and third is ki police kisi kaam ki nahi hai so but all i would want to tell is ki you know you have absolutely no idea how meagerly we are you know uh, blessed with the resources and the manpower we are really spread out very thin and we keep trying our best and we just you know need to have a little patience because see policing initially evolved out of a colonial mindset it mm-hmm. was uh, institutionalized by the british after the 1857 revolts to keep the revolts always suppressed so that people don't you know start uh, reacting so police was supposed to be that body which would suppress the people now after independence we have to we have had to change that behavior that uh, you know sort of work culture that's going to take time it has changed a lot but it's still going to you know take a little time mm-hmm. so ha aisa nahi hai that we are always late is that we try but ha definitely if we are coming after a crime has happened that means ki uh, either the intelligence was not good ki ha we did not uh, get the information ki acha maybe some dispute is going on and some murder might happen or it might be because generally the crimes are of passion right matlab because of rage because of hatred because of jealousy property dispute something so those are not predictable obviously murder hoga uske baad hi hame pata chalega they are sudden they don't people don't go advertising ki aaj murder hone wala hai ya kuch hone wala hai and police hamesha pakad ke peetti nahi hai because i mean times have changed there's a lot of scrutiny all of us are under and that does not bring results kar kisi ko peetne se koi result milta nahi hai so we've stopped doing that so you don't have to believe in it anymore i have uh, i don't know if that's a myth or uh, an unpop- unpopular opinion but uh, the place where i'm coming from is that uh, the examination system that you have it's it's really tough and and i'm very sure that you all prepare a lot for it um, the thing is i think um, i'm i'm not sure whether it's the best way to uh, select ips officers so um, if you uh, th- first of all do you think it's the right way to go about it and if you uh, if you think it's not then uh, and and if you were to build a system to select ips officers and and help them grow uh, how would that system be if you were to uh, build it from the ground up see uh, the thing is first of all my idea would be ki only those people should come into the ips who actually want to be there some people come just because unke rank ke according mil gaya some people come because of parental pressure whatever the reason is uh, see i don't have any alternative which the upsc has currently right so if i don't have an alternative i can't say that this system is wrong because it's of no use right i should not i should not be criticizing something unless i can give an alternative to it 
and personally i don't know i mean there should be more of uh, uh because see you selecting officers so you should deal you should examine what kind of a person they are more than what their knowledge is so one suggestion i can give them is ki you know have more of this uh, personal examination and uh, maybe a little less of the academic examination that they have that's the only thing i can now secondly once the ips officers have come into the academy during their training they should be taught how to become a good human being instead of you know a knowledgeable officer because if you're a good human being you will eventually turn out to be a good officer so but uh, the good thing is ki at npa they are already doing this they focus a lot on attitude building they focus a lot on how you deal with the people and you know how even if you don't want to take a particular way it is good in the bigger picture in the you know further pursuit of time because it will lead to less efforts down the line if you're rude right now to somebody it won't give you uh, it won't help you build contacts it won't help you build sources it won't help you win the empathy of the people and if you just put your ego aside for a moment and be nice to them all of these can be done so they for they actually already focus a lot on attitude building great um, I, i think uh, that especially the training part sounds good and uh, more relevant than the examination part but i also think that if you are not aware of an alternative uh of the system that doesn't uh, that shouldn't stop you from saying that it's not the most efficient uh way really, to go exactly. about exactly it might not be most efficient but i don't have any other alternative because you know around 10 lakh people are sitting for an exam now initially uh, i had come across these reviews ki people said there should be more detailed uh, personal examination more detailed interviews to ascertain what kind of a people they are by specialists and you know people who can actually understand body language and human behavior who can tell ki ha ye banda stress mein kaisa behave karega but the problem is you have to understand the scale also like there are almost for for personal interviews uh, according to the present system almost 10 lakh people fill the forms 6 to 7 lakh sit for the prelims fir almost 15 to 20000 sit for the mains and finally interview ke liye almost 3000 people come now if you don't have this uh, rigorous academic procedure wo 7 lakh se 3000 tum kaise laoge right now for that you can't rely on using therapists it the scale is just so massive you can't put all those people through these and i mean just how long the process would be mm-hmm. right so right. you need something which will filter down you know cut down as much as possible keeping right. the good quality Yeah. so that is why i said ki i can't think of an alternative which will work on such a big scale according to the time limit also because every year the exam is happening this is a good segue to my next question which was this all or nothing attitude with the upsc system of exams for example i see a lot of really brilliant young people around me who spend like 4 years or so unemployed just working uh, you know year after year giving attempts and then finally when they don't make it it's really upsetting it's really depressing and their own self esteem because un char saal mein had they been working even now there are opportunities in the development sector the ngo sector a lot of csr and lot of ways to do impact not necessarily mm-hmm. through the upsc route and in those ways of working you would have you know you would have had your dignity and those kind of things so there's a huge trade off and a huge risk one takes and a huge mm-hmm. sacrifice one has to make so um, what do you think about 
uh, that way of do you think this is the only way to serve the world do you think there are other not at all not at all in fact uh, it might just be more hyped than what it actually is and i would i have you know whenever people ask me for guidance i always tell them you should have a plan b you should not waste more than 3 years of your life in this exam because this exam is a gamble you have to understand i mean from my personal experience i'll tell you if your stars are right you'll get into it if your stars are not right you will not get into it as simple as that because there are so many people so many intelligent people along with you competing it's a very very difficult examination right and i have seen myself there were many people from my college who were gold medalists and they did not get in it's not that they weren't intelligent enough it's just that that wasn't their day as simple as that right so i would always tell people ki agar aapka teen bar prelims nahi chal raha for example you know to maybe it's time you should understand ki this is not the thing for me and there are so many other ways in which you can do the same which you wanted to do through upsc so you should have it shouldn't be like ki you know as you said ki all upsc or nothing it should not it's not wise in fact that's an attitude we don't want in officers we always want them to have alternatives in their mind you know what if this doesn't work what if this doesn't work mm-hmm. and second thing is ki upsc recently started this ki all those people who don't qualify the interview but have reached the interview stage uh nee sorry who have reached the interview stage but don't qualify in the final list they can be accepted uh and they'll be given preference in other uh, psu examinations so mm-hmm. that you know even if they did not make it to the final list in upsc they can have a source of employment from different uh psus because they have already crossed the prelims and mains and everything and you know maybe because of some small thing they could not make it to the final list so that's why they are being given preference in the psus yeah something like that is there i'm not very sure exactly what it is but that's there that's a good reform because um, i think when you mentioned that there's so many people india has so many people so many young people who need jobs and then you if you have like 7 lakh people applying then the pool keeps going smaller and smaller what is a alternative what is a better way to evaluate so i think the whole reason we have such a big pool in the first place is also because of the prestige and because of parental pressure and that yeah. also the uh, stability part because hmm. uh, we we here respect government jobs you know ki okay you have a certain way a career progression which is pretty stable hmm. and that's a good thing but in the new world in the future of work in the future of education where we understand that stability is something that you'll have to struggle for because this is a rapidly changing market rapid industrialization and there's so much adjustment you have to make now to remote work now soon enough to like self driving cars it's 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 massive right so um the if this is my opinion if we reduce the not reducing the prestige but if we give equal prestige to a source of all all other kinds of jobs and what you ultimately pick you know the attitude that you mentioned that you make it yourself and you plan it for yourself and it's for you you chart your path and we inculcate more career counseling more self awareness so that you ultimately pick what you want to do and there is dignity in that because you chose it hmm so if we just change this attitude around it you also said that since the colonial times things have changed now we're not pawns mm. of the british who went through thousands of exams hume choose kiya hai this is a different market altogether and i personally see the upsc system uh, going through a reform in a decade or so it has to it has to there's no other yeah. way and there are officers who have a family legacy ki hamare bacche hamare parents sabne yahi kiya hai and there's always these legacies in india that one has to yeah, tackle yeah, yeah. the democratization or something there will be resistance uh, in yeah. my 
science class in college my professor he used to do some trainings for ias officers apparently at some point he's a expert political scientist he's done a lot of papers of ias officers and administrative kind of work he somewhat mentioned that there may be a reform or something like this but do you because you don't see an alternative what are some reforms that you have heard of within like through your pals and uh, your see, colleagues one very important reform which was being discussed a few years back was lateral entry right ki at these levels at ips and is offices levels we would have people from the private sector coming in who do the work because solely uh, solely on the basis of the merit because they have worked in that field initially and they have the they have enough experience so they can come and work now the thing is na ki i don't i don't think that step was that much of a success but that doesn't close doors for further reforms to happen because as you said and i completely agree it's a very fast quite it's very fast the change the rapidity of the change is way too fast for us to comprehend even 10 years down the line there may be a lot of reforms in the exam and not just the exam maybe the question patterns maybe what they question people on the content of that all of that might change because things that are relevant today might not be so relevant tomorrow right for example if you just see the past 10 years paper the focus on environment ecology that has increased far more because that is the issue which is more of importance now we need officers who can do something about that rather than who will just you know implement the policies which are currently underway so small changes like that can happen and maybe bigger changes will come forward but if you ask me right now i don't have much of an idea about it and lateral entry also i don't think it was very successful because see lateral entry whichever person is coming in na they'll be very they'll be highly specialized right they have worked in that field and they'll be very specialized now the thing with the services is na there's this debate on generalization versus specialization you should upsc focus on generalization only or should it go into specialization that's why it's open for people from all graduation areas and right? any graduate from any field can come in because see we deal with people with the is officers ips officers they all deal with people so and people are varied you will never have one solution for all these situations you will never face one situation every day every morning you wake up it's a different thing so you can't be rigid in your approach you can't have only a few ideas which are which you expect will work everywhere you have to be very open to experimentation very open to listening very open to thinking out or thinking out of the box so i think that is why it was not that big of a success because even now uh, there is a lot of generalization for example as ips officers you go into different uh, organizations for deputation for example intelligence and uh, uh, like ib raw whatever nia investigation cbi is all are there so we don't want there might be some people who will be in one organization for their entire life now they become specialists in that areas but if i have to you know supervise the policing in a state for example who is who is an ideal dgp of a state now he would be someone who has an idea about all the things that come under his wing he should be able he should be good at investigation he should be good at uh, you know maintaining commun- uh, maintaining communal harmony he should be good at uh, bandobast he should be good at all the other things which are there that is why this generalization versus specialization that is something 
Yeah, I think even in the future of work in education, that's what people talk about a lot. A generalist versus a specialist, even in consulting, is a big question. Like, what's more valuable for you to know everything, or if you for you know like deep, in-depth knowledge of one thing? That's like a twenty-first century challenge that we're really dealing with. I think uh, we we asked everything we needed to, and this was so fascinating that now I'm like, मुझे भी ये करना है, oh my god, like, oh, I don't want to give that exam, but I'm like, I really want to be on ground and and like deal with these challenges head on. It's a combination of everything, social and political. Uh, Rutesh, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that I want, I'm genuinely very interested in this field now. I I was pretty unaware of what's happening, uh, especially in the uh, education. Uh, police policing system and everything and right now i'm very excited so i'm like okay cool i'm i'm going to explore uh, this system even more and and my interest has been peaked a lot right now so so it's been a great talk ariti thank you so much great talk someone like you is doing this because as you said like you you're the kind who listen you're the kind who who has such strong values of service and i don't know if rituj and i were expecting that necessarily because we wanted to ask critical questions about the education system and you and you're bang on you're like ha ye nahi chalne wala hai hame bhi pata hai let's see what happens next so we're so happy to uh, speak to you who's so progressive and so aware of these complexities cool great all right uh, so great talking to you and thank you so much for uh, doing this and thank you so much for taking out the time for the podcast and i really enjoyed it and i'm sure anupriya did as well so um, yeah I'll be hitting you up as well now because, but uh, for me this isn't over. This is like a conversation I think about a lot, so I might DM. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like DM me whenever you want. No issues. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Thank Bye. You. Take care. Bye.